Welcome to Oh My Yod, a podcast where we compete to see who is the worst decision maker in our relationship. My name is Ryan. And I am, as you know, Adam. And we are here with another Make Your Own Decision book. The Give Yourself Goosebumps book. We're, we're, di- we're diving right the fuck in. I guess in. so. The what? Curse, no, cur- forget forget what he just said. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk first before I, we get into the meat and potatoes because we are a podcast where we schmooze before they got to get prepped for that shit. You know, they, they can't just get that raw. You can't give it to them dry like that. You gotta get that shit wet first. Come on now, you gotta prep them for I shit like you. that. They can't just get that shit right off the top. Like you gotta bring that shit back. Bring that shit the fuck Let's back. I was just gonna say the title <laughs> of the book. <laughs> Which they'll know already anyway, because they've clued into the episode anyway. Yeah, sure. So, Ryan, what's the name of the book we're reading this week? Adam, we're not supposed to do that yet. Oh, okay. Great. (laughs) Uh, So... Uh, it's actually been a hot minute since we've recorded one of these, actually, Ryan. We took um, we took a couple weeks off to, you know, be in a fucking musical together. We did. Yeah. We did. What show did we do again? We, is this an interview? <laughs> do you not remember? <laughs> no, Are you I'm okay? Just, I'm just trying to be very just casual. Uh, we were just in a production of Avenue Q. Avenue Q, otherwise known as the puppet play. The puppet play. Puppet musical. The the puppet, pu- the puppusical, puppusical. Yeah, the pup- that sounds naughty. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, basically, what it was is kind of like a dirty version of Sesame Street, where Ryan and I uh, played uh, Bert and Ernie, essentially, well, Rod and Nikki, uh, respectively, and it was really, really fun. Uh, yeah. We did it. We had a four-show run during one weekend, which I think was kind of wild because we rehearsed it for what four months. It felt like. It wasn't quite four months, but it was it was a long rehearsal process because we only did two rehearsals a week, so they were just spread out over a, a large period of time. And I missed a lot of them. <laughs> That's true. I missed a lot of them, yeah. But the director was very forgiving and very accepting of that. We made so many great friends doing that run as well. Um, some of you are most definitely listening to this right now, so if you know who you are, you know who you are. And Hi, hello. Hi, Avenue Cuties. We did something during the shows that I had never done during a show. Yeah. Which was kind of like a secret Santa, but it was called a secret psyker. Mm-hmm. And it was someone that you like chose out of a hat and you were supposed to psych them up before mm-hmm. every single performance. So you would get them their favorite coffee or their favorite candy or make them a sign. Um, and Adam's secret psyker, Tommy. Oh my God. She went above and beyond. I'll, I'll post some of the photos if she lets me, um, of some of the things that she drew for me. Cause she has an art major and she's unreal. One of the photos that she actually did she took one of the promo photos that we used for our podcast mm-hmm. and transformed it into puppets, essentially. It was so, so cool. Yeah, it was one that we had taken at a photo booth at a wedding, and I was, like, wearing a chicken hat, and Adam was on my back, and she literally recreated the whole thing, but drew them as puppets, like, with the chicken hat on the head. So, Tommy, you're an unreal talent, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And um, if anyone is, you know, listening and wants to see her artwork, I'm sure she has a social that I'll blast to uh, reveal that. Because I honestly think that she needs to get recognized for 
the incredible work that she did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Avenue Q was a really, really fun show. I mean, the set was stupendous, and the lighting was incredible, and the puppets themselves were so high-end. And this was just community theater. And in the end, it, it was just so well put together, and I was so happy for being able to do a show that I haven't been able to do ever before. Oh, and if you can hear that in the background, Ryan is currently being absolutely attacked by <laughs> um, our um, current uh, guests of the pod's dog, uh, Putnam, which I'm sure you'll hear about uh, from their point of view as well at some point. He's just an adorable fluffball monster. He he just loves chewing on my hands, and I just I just looked down. You let him, though. That's and the thing. I, I couldn't see his eyes or anything. All I saw from under the table was just the open mouth just, like, staring up just towards mouth me. Mouth wide open. Mouth wide open. Like he was at the dentist. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know that song? It's mouth wide open. Mouth, mouth wide, wide open like I was at the dentist. No, I Put don't. it so deep I can't speak a sentence. Oh, I do know. Yeah, cupcake. Or is it cupcake? Cup- Why would it be cupcake? Because she like, spells it like bukkake. So, because it's, like, multiple Ks. So it's, like, cupcake and then two Ks and then E. So it's like cupcake. I I think it's that. cupcake. <laughs> Is it just one woman being covered in frosting? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that um, when she has her shows, uh, she has people buy dickets instead of tickets? <laughs> and her fans are called slurpers. I hate all of this. <laughs> She's great. Uh, well, I... I am not going to subscribe to Cupcake anytime soon. I think I really do think it's just Cupcake. <laughs> but this is just is. continuing the trend of me mispronouncing every fucking thing I mention on this podcast. Like Otsko Akatska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Found out how to pronounce her name properly. Um, that was also a really fun show as well. I'm not going to go into any details on the actual material itself because, you know, go see her show instead <laughs> and give her her money and her dues. Yeah, she was great, but she was better in memory. It's, I, I, it's such a weird thing after, because... A, after after the fact? Yeah, after hindsight. the fact. Like, when, when we were talking about all of her jokes, we were like, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, that's really funny. But it's not something that had us in stitches while we were watching it. It's something that, like, after we, like, mulled on the things that she said, speak we found for yourself laughing the, after. Speak for yourself. The, the stick with tits joke killed me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It's <laughs> still killing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god. Basically her her dad is a a woodworker a re, or a retired person who decided to go into woodworking and just makes like all these figures of women and so she made a joke saying that he's basically just a guy that puts tits, tits on six. Just <laughs> like that's my dad. Speaking of tits on sticks, we have some guests. <laughs> really? That's how I got Is that the transition? Yeah, it's a perfect transition. I think I'll it do is. The little <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I am very, very happy to be bringing on these two friends of mine onto the pod. I've been friends with them uh, separately for more than a decade at this point. Somehow they found each other through happenstance and now we're fucking engaged. Hi, Ben and Kat. Yo. Hi, hello. How are you guys doing this fine evening? I'm doing great. Putnam is doing better. <laughs> yeah. Yes, our uh, we're happy to be here. Our dog is 
running loose instead of being in his crate. So he's all jumpy and excited. He, I guess he is also excited to be on the podcast. So uh, let's yeah, do it. I figured. I figured. Well, you guys said that if Putnam's just you know free range, uh, he won't make as much noise. <laughs> free, free range dog. Yeah. Hi. That means that they're like released, right? And not caged. Yeah. When they yeah. turn him into meat, it'll be advertised. <laughs> <laughs> Free range dog. Organic. <laughs> Organic Putnam. Organic. Ooh. He looks like, so happy about it. You're going to like that. <laughs> so I I just kind of want to just, like, talk about, like, our kind of friendships. Ben, you and I met when we were in college, and uh, we were ended up doing, like, the same job together, and uh, which was mm-hmm. inventory, which was going to different stores and scanning barcodes one at a time individually. Uh, and then Kat was essentially doing the same exact job at the same time. So, honestly, you guys actually met way sooner than... That's what you claim, but I don't remember this. We definitely met, like, ten years ago. Yes. I don't remember this meeting, but... Ben doesn't remember it. It was like a it was a Macy's crawl where we before I think we got breakfast before food together. Nine ago. What? Yeah, did you go to a Red Arrow with us at one point? I don't know. You keep I don't remember this trip. You were to Red two Arrow. you were two this very different pers- people back Arrow. then though cuz Kat, you were, you know, kind of just like focus on my job and Ben you were just insufferable. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was insufferable in my own way. You guys met at the right time is what mm-hmm. I, is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Are you saying say. we peaked recently? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying that, like, you guys met at when, you know, the world wanted you to to meet properly for the first time. I do think that we peaked recently, for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have good things going on in your lives. We're currently in your home together, so yeah. that's, you know. Yes, we're sitting here in the parlor. We call it that because we're pretentious. Okay, um, we do not own this home. I just <laughs> <laughs> We are sitting in the parlor of the home that we don't own. Uh, filled with board games and books and D&D miniatures. I pay thousands of dollars to the man for this home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the room that we do what D&D in and we play competitive board games against each other. There have been many... Many heated moments in this room already. This podcast will have an aggressive energy inherently. I'm sure it will, honestly. That's why I brought you two um, on here. I mean, Ben, you and I were talking about making a podcast together for so fucking long. Yeah, yeah. We were going to do kind of like one of those like pretty much it kind of deals where we would watch a horror movie and you would press play at the same time, and we would be your commentary, essentially. Yeah, uh, it, we kicked it around for a little bit, and then we just never got it started. Like a have, lot of ideas, it died in the incubator. We didn't have time, we didn't live yeah. near each other, it was just, just, and then COVID hit, and you know. It didn't end up happening, but I'm. That's why I really, really wanted to have you um, and Kat on the podcast because I really like your guys's energy, and um, one of you's a lawyer, so I think brain power will suffice yes, well enough. Only one of us has brain power, and it is the lawyer. You're a communications major, and like, here's the thing: with these books, you kind of need someone to be 
logic, but you also need someone to know like the whole fantasy aspect as well, because mm-hmm. logic alone is not going to get you through this book. Yes, and that is all Cat has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less sexism has gotten you to this point. I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> what kind of law do you do, Cat, if I may ask? Um, I do contracts litigation, mostly in construction, as well as employment issues. Oh. I do like cease and desist letters if people are trying to violate their non-compete agreements. That really would have come in handy for the for the sandwich goosebumps. <laughs> Why? I, Purple I, peanut I, butter? Yes. <laughs> Why? It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad we didn't have her do the next book, The Curse of the Creeping Cease and Desist Letter. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, we're going to be instead doing mm-hmm. uh, Goosebumps book number eight, The Curse of the Creeping Coffin, mm-hmm. with um, written by R.L. Stein. Although I think, it might, I think a ghostwriter might have done this one. I'll have to double check and I'll correct that if it's not on the podcast. I refuse to believe that somebody else wrote an R.L. Stein book. The, um, actually, Purple Peanut Butter was ghostwritten. Childhood Ben's. By a woman, I think. Her entire... name was, I think, Christine or some shit. Wait, so you grew up reading these? I grew, I read selectively based on the covers. Oh, fuck, yeah. One. Ben, what is your experience with Goosebumps or Give Yourself Goosebumps? Okay, so I remember doing exactly one of the Give Yourself Goosebumps. First of all, I would always pick them up in the library at my elementary school and mm-hmm. I'd flip through them and I'd just look for the endings <laughs> because I just wanted to see all the bad stuff that could happen. I never actually read... Like, if it was more than a page and a half, <laughs> I skipped to whatever the choice was. Wait, that's why I Wikipedia horror movies. Yes. No, no, I didn't do it because I was afraid to read it. I did it just because I wanted to know the ending. Same. You do it with horror movies because you don't want to get jump scared. That's true. Uh, but yeah, so I I recall vividly reading one about some medieval castle. They went, right? Oh, Night in Screaming Armor. That is actually the next book we'll be reading. Okay, then I'm not going to say the one moment in that book that stuck with me as a child. It was one of the more gruesome things I, as a, I, think I know, as a third grader, I think I know what you're read. talking about because there is a really fucking gruesome yeah, death in yeah, that book somewhere. Yeah. I, who knows? Maybe you'll hear it in the next episode. Maybe that I remember. Say cheese and die. Oh yeah, great. I remember there was one about like a vampire poodle. Yes, um, please don't feed the vampire. That'll yep. be I, that'll be one of the future Give Yourself Goosebumps episodes. Oh, is that a Give Yourself Goosebumps? It is. Okay. Yep. Okay. It is. Well, I must have read that one. They actually used that um, vampire dog. I think its name is Fifi. In the li- it's a poodle. It's mm-hmm. in one of the latest um, Goosebumps um, revival um, TV series. It showed up at some point in it. Yeah. So limited uh, Goosebumps experience, but I'm excited to get more. I have no Goosebumps experience. You've none at all? I have none. Didn't watch the movie, didn't re- watch the TV show, no. didn't read the books? I've never re- read a single Goosebumps book. What books did you read as a kid, if I may ask? Oh, well. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god, Wait, really? Well, I, no. <laughs> I don't know, I read like The Secrets of Dune. Drune? Dune? Did you? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The they, one, uh, yeah. There's little purple pillow guys that uh-huh. were like the main characters and a girl who could fly. If something had a girl who could fly in it, that was all of it. I remember the exact books you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They were like really thin and they were at the library. Yes. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Narrows it down, right? I don't, I don't remember those at all. Secret, I don't know what they are. I was pretty hipster even back in second grade, so. Secrets of... Uh, in second grade, I was, I was reading... 
just Arthur books. Because oh. we had, like, this, like, reading challenge thing, and we had, like, this bookshelf we could choose from, and the Arthur books were the shortest. Oh. So I always elected to do those. Was it Secret of Gahol? Let me look. I think it might be Secret of Gahol. No, it's definitely Secrets of Droon. No, Gar... Droon! Oh, okay, let me see. Secrets of Droon. Not Dr. Victor Chang. Oh, it's because it's his 87th birthday, and Google really wants me to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Dr. Victor Chang. Is he dead? Or is he alive? He's definitely dead if he's on the Google thing. Oh, he was murdered in oh, 1981 shit. in Australia. <laughs> oh. That's a bad ending. He was a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those of you keeping track, that would be a bad yeah, ending. Dr. Victor um, one, Secrets one of Drew. Yes, Kat, I know exactly what. Yes, yes, I read, I read these books. Yes, thank you. I, I was thinking Magic Carpet, yes. I, I was lo- worried for a second it was all a dream. No, I loved these books. Mysterious Island, yeah. So before we get into the book, I do want to start off with a segment that you can help Adam complete. And it's our segment called, What Do You Mean? Uh, yes. What do you mean? Everyone's favorite, uh, everyone's favorite, not pastime, because that's baseball. Roast. It, it essentially is. It's just how dumb can Adam <laughs> seem in front of a live audience? Okay, so, I'm game. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the way that what do you mean works is I am going to give Adam a bunch of cryptic clues that lead him to jog his memory about something that he said recently that made me say... What, what do, do you, you mean? mean to him? All right. And you guys can guess along with me. <clears throat> help help jog his memory. Try to decrypt my cryptic clues. Mm-hmm. If any, mm-hmm. if anyone knows my brain, it's these two, honestly. And I do have to say, I was choosing between two. Oh, goody. So we'll uh, save the next one so for another episode. Clear, we're, we are trying to guess what I What, what stupid Adam shit said. I said. Yes. Out of every possible sentence he could say in the entire world. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Yes. So um, you are playing Let's with Adam because Adam oh, okay. will Got eventually it. know what this Got correct it. answer is. Yeah. Um. But I, I actually really hope one of you gets it before he does. <clears throat> I don't. Um. All right. So understand how we could. first clue. Um. I w- so I, what I was gonna say was that I was trying to choose between two things, and I would really like to tell everyone the the one thing that I didn't choose. You can just say that for the next episode. No, because I it was already second place this week, so okay. it's going to be second place next week. Too. Got it. Um, Adam was throwing things away in the dumpster, <laughs> and I had just opened the door and closed it. You know how the dumpsters have the sliding doors on the side, mm-hmm. just so you can like mm-hmm. open it up and throw out the trash? <laughs> I was sitting in the car after I threw things out, and then Adam went to throw things out, too. And I see him struggling, like pulling on a chain. To open the door. And he goes... I, I can't get it open. It's stuck. And he's literally just pulling on a random chain attached to the dumpster. <laughs> attached to nothing. <laughs> like, not even, like, it was, like, a couple inches away from the actual door. And I was like, what do you mean you can't open it? And I got out, and I just slid the door open, and he goes, okay. And just went back in the car. So that's not what I chose. Great. So what you chose was even more egregious. Um... We, the clues will start off very cryptic as they usually do. Yes. We were in my house. Okay. No clue. Could be any. Could be anything. A lot of stupid shit gets said at your house. Not usually by me. We were talking about 
future plans. So like, <laughs> oh, oh, Putnam wants a guess. Yeah. What is it, boy? In the well? <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry, Putnam. Was it about moving? It was not about moving. Okay, it was. Hmm. No, no, keep going. Okay. Um, I need more clues. I do too. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, no, no. Keep what, going. What were, what were, How could we possibly know? <laughs> How could I possibly know? I was there and I don't I'm, remember. I'm treating it like twenty questions. I need to. I need to ask more questions. Does your person have a beard? This was regarding an event. Was it regarding a wedding? Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh God. See, I'm good at this. Um, was it regarding Tim and Jill's wedding? Yes. Are Tim and Jill people? <laughs> yes. <I> no. <laughs> no. No. Okay. They are not. No. Um, is it specific to Tim and Jill? It is not specific to Tim and Jill. It does have to do with something I was just talking to Cat about, though. If that helps. Was it about the rehearsal dinner? Yes. I know what this is. Let's see if they can guess. No, How no. They're, they're not going to be able to guess. guess. <laughs> uh, no, I guess. Okay, let's do this. If Adam didn't know what a rehearsal dinner was, what is something stupid that he could ask about a rehearsal dinner? What are we rehearsing? That's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that. Uh, I knew what, are rehearsal, we, it, I knew what a rehearsal dinner was. Was it something along the lines of thinking we were rehearsing how to eat dinner? <laughs> Is that what you're, you're getting there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kat focused on the rehearsal part. Ben focused on the dinner part. Focus it more is, on the dinner. It is on the dinner it's part. It's on the dinner part. Okay. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It can't be something as simple as what are we eating? Oh, uh, it not, could. Not what, not what are we eating? Or no, no, who are we <laughs> not, that's, not, that's not the way to. That's not the way to do this. Like, do we eat the same? Do we? Thing eat, did you say do we eat food at the rehearsal dinner? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yes. will, will there will there be food there? Rehearsal <laughs> okay. dinner. So I, of course, as I do, um, have fun um, gaslighting my boyfriend. And I said, um, no, that's why it's called a rehearsal dinner, as mm-hmm, Ben just said. Mm-hmm. We are just practicing the dinner. And he goes, <laughs> oh, okay. And so we moved on. And then later on, I was talking to Sam about eating something at the rehearsal dinner. And he goes, Friend oh, of the pod, Sam. Yes. There will be food? And Ryan, he trusts you. <laughs> I was like, yes. A little less every single day, honestly. <laughs> My trust for this man wanes and waxes. Like a crescent fucking moon. Sometimes I do worry this podcast is just going to be a recording of the slow deterioration of trust. <laughs> that I can just play back to like our like lawyers. You know, <laughs> like, our new tagline. This is where it, <laughs> the beginning of the end. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, still, I, I, still, I still love you. This is the eighth oh. installment of the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the eighth installment of the end includes uh, The Curse of the Creeping Coffin, our eighth book in uh, Give Yourself Goosebumps, with artwork by Mark Nagata and written by R.L. Stein or a ghostwriter. I don't really know. Ben and Kat, describe to me what you see on the cover of this book. Oh, there's leaves. Putnam loves leaves. <laughs> I love that that's the first thing that you latch on to. This is a podcast about her dog. Not the coffin, not the skeleton, not the okay. graveyards, so, the leaves. Mind so you, there may be uh, 13 and a half leaves on this cover. In, in the background is a red sky. 
In oh god. The middle background is a fence. Is that foreground? No, I'd say there are like two foregrounds, which is why I'm using middle background. Yeah. Because in the second foreground, or the middle <laughs> foreground, midground, somebody in the it. midground, <laughs> are a couple of gravestones. And in the foreground, right up front, we got a spooky coffin. We do got a spooky coffin. And, it's and a little skeleton crawling out of yeah, it. Yeah, spooky little guy. Green glow, too. Uh, and it says, boo, dude. <laughs> Goosebumps is on TV. See your local TV listings for details. Uh, it does not say that on mine. Retro. It's probably a little outdated at that point, honestly. Um, and as, uh, which is familiar with many other of the Give Yourself Goosebumps, we have a nice little holographic background. This one I looks like spider webs oh, almost a little yes. bit. Oh, look. wow. I've almost forgotten about these holographic yeah. covers. Yeah, it's like um, I love that. Yeah, it's like a nice little li- like a lilac it's purple. It's very late '90s, early 2000s. Lilac purple and almost like a summer I'm squash. I'm trying to see when it was published. It was published in 1990. Shut up. Um, okay, got it. <laughs> 9- August 1996. So Ben, I was we three we, years old when this came out. No, you weren't. What? Two years old. Yeah, we were two. We were two. I was um, three months old. I was just turning, wait, 94, 94. I was, no, you were three and I was just turning three. You were right. Thank you. I, I was, was a, one in three months. Yeah. I was a newborn. Yeah. 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 So, Brian, how about you explain how the rules of this are going to go? Well, each week we switch off who will be reading the story and who will be making the decisions. But today, since we have Ben and Kat, they are going to be making the decisions on Adam's behalf. They are in the driver's seat. They are. We will be keeping a cumulative tally over the course of the podcast to see once and for all who is the worst decision maker. And I believe right now, Ryan, we're actually tied. We are. Nine to nine. Nine to nine. Fate is in our hands. I really, I have a lot of trust in you two to make good decisions in this one. I'm Uh so nervous. (laughs) And technically, I do want to say we're tied for now because I've done four books. You've done three. Three. But only for now. But only for now. So what are you competing for? Well, on top of that, if a decision maker is able to successfully complete a book with less than three mistakes, they will win a prize. Which Which will be, you guys will win a prize. It'll probably be like candy. Candy. So far it's been edible. Um, And if they make five or more mistakes, they will incur a penalty. I will incur the penalty. Speaking of, you did decide what my penalty is going to be for our next yes, episode. Yes, that's right. Would you like me to reveal it? To I, I the think audience? we. I think we should. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if so, since Ryan's um, previous guests so beautifully made seven incorrect decisions in their last episode, Oof. Ryan is going to be doing the next episode drunk. That's right. My decision making will be impaired because Adam is going to get me hammered before the episode, which is just like a penalty upon a penalty because he's just making sure that I get another penalty. Uh, pretty much. Uh, so it should be oh, that or I'll make it a drinking game where you just get drunk the more bad decisions you make. So the bar is pretty low here for, for Kat and I. 
We yeah. can we can probably do better than seven mistakes. I hope that you do less than five. I really okay. hope they do more than seven mistakes, and then we can use Ben saying, we can probably do less than seven mistakes <laughs> as the repeat line at the end of the episode. That's right, because we do have one of those. All right, well, without further ado, oh, is there any more that has to be read? No. Awesome. Without further ado, let's, let's read this book. All right. Oh, Ryan, you are going to be doing the reading, and I'm going to be doing the characters. Correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, <laughs> you just said I'm going to be doing yeah, the reading. I was, I, was, I was giving you the breath to start. Well, I don't know. That was like some of the worst conducting I've ever seen. <laughs> All you did was... Audio medium. <laughs> just breath, hand. <laughs> Oh, here was, we go. It was all downbeat. It was <laughs> Beware. Do not read this book from beginning to end. You can't believe it. You stare out the window at the creepy cemetery in your grandmother's backyard. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, she's going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> the graves are moving. Cre- sh- creeping, if you will. You're sure of it. Then, you turn to see an even more frightening sight. Your grandmother's house is haunted by ghosts. Wait, is this the beginning of the book? <laughs> yeah. Just... No, 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 no. So this is like the oh, intro to the okay. book. okay. I was oh, like, if I you, thought it, they were just launching <laughs> right into it. No, if you listen to our podcast, you'd know that we'd actually read the first page. <laughs> I distinctly remember listening to the circus one. And you doing the same thing, and me having the exact same thought of, <laughs> wow, this story's going really fast. No, this is just kind of like to get your feet wet. Okay, got yeah. it, got it. Your grandmother's house, grandmother, <laughs> house is Hello, haunted Hello, by Hello. ghosts. Lots of ghosts. Evil ghosts who want you. <laughs> okay. At least someone does. <laughs> Why are the creeping coffins creeping? Do you stay to find out, or do you race home, even though a terrifying ghost is waiting for you there, too? If you just... (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, don't read this. Um, It's going to spoil. It's going to spoil things. This one's spoiling. So, uh, never mind. We're going to start reading now. Oh, we know there's a ghost in our house now. Well, there's other stuff as well. Okay, Okay, cool. Woo! All right. So, take a deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one now to give yourself goosebumps. Bing, 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 bing. I'm bored. You moan. I'm so bored I could eat flies just to see how they taste. All right. Who's, was, what is grandma sounding like, guys? Aren't you doing the voice, Adam? I am, but you're deciding what it is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Could she be like sultry cougar grandma? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Flies have germs. (laughs) I was thinking like younger grandma, but that's fine too. Hey, do you think that's sexy, sultry, Adam? She can be sultry. Cougar. She'll get sultrier. Yeah. I'll, 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 I can turn that voice on later. <laughs> Flies have germs. Your grandmother replies. It's a hot, sticky day in the middle of July. You plop down into a creaky old chair in your grandmother's kitchen. Your parents dropped you off yesterday, before they left for their vacation. And already, you could die of boredom. Your, <laughs> your grandmother's old dog, Sparkle, yawns loudly. 
Hey, wait, Putnam wait, wait. has a role. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> sparkle? Is this because it's the 4th of July? Like, it's because July? <laughs> so it's like Sparkle. Not Sparky? Sparkle? They didn't rename him for a month. They might. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the, bo- the book was the book came out in August, so maybe they were writing this in July and they were really feeling patriotic. I, I bet they got some flack for naming it Sparky and they're like, that's too normal. And so they changed it to Sparkle. Sparkle. Who names our dog Sparkle? Your grandmother's old dog, Sparkle, yawns loudly. He crawls under the table. Moment la- moments later, he begins to snore. I know just how you feel, Sparkle. You say. You sigh loudly. Is it a theme in these books that, like, you, the protagonist, are just the most insufferable, so like, yes. whiny... Yes. Oh my god. I fucking hate my grandmother. <laughs> Why can't she just go to the graveyard already? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Why don't you go outside and find something to do? <laughs> that's that's out. more what I was looking You're welcome. Your grandmother suggests. She looks up from the pie she's baking and nods towards the backyard. Go out there, you think? Into the, her backyard? No way. You glance out the window. It's probably 90 degrees in the shade, but you shiver. Your grandmother's house is right in front of an old cemetery. Rows and rows of old, crumbling tombstones sit just beyond the edge of her backyard. But that's not what scares you. What scares you is the tombstones have been moving. Ooh. Oh, okay, so we are getting right into it. We are, yeah, it, you, it doesn't right, fuck around. Do it. It's usually let's a couple it. pages in. Yep. You noticed it right after you arrived yesterday. You saw the tombstones from your bedroom window on the second floor. You could tell some of the graves had cool carvings on them, so you decide to go outside and take a closer look. But when you enter the graveyard, something was different. Strange. Some of the graves were out of place. Nah, can't be, you told yourself. Graves don't disappear. But still, from your bedroom window, you could have sworn there were six or seven graves in the back row. Is this kid, like, a beautiful mind where he can just look at things right away and just know that there's, like, differences in the... Yeah, I would never notice. No, Dude. not at all. You know me, I mean, I'm not... he's pers- been bored for a long time. He's just counting the gravestones outside. Like, yep, there's still seven. Also, numbers like six and three are not that hard and to and count and to and when you're looking at the entire day and a half. You know me... Me and numbers are no no good. You could have sworn there were six or seven graves in the back row. Now there were only three. Nah. This is definitely ghost written. It said nah twice already. And it, <laughs> RL has never written that. Yeah. I would also just like the record to reflect that Adam counts for a living. <laughs> no, 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 I te- no, even worse. I teach people how to count for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> nah. You must have counted wrong. You decide to forget it and went to bed. But when you woke up this morning and glanced out the window, the coffins had moved again. Wait, the coffins or the graves? (laughs) There are straight up coffins? Coffins, graves. Oh no. Oh my. Now there were ten in the back row, and the middle rows seemed to be more crowded. It almost looked as if some of the graves were moving forward and some of the graves were moving backward. And there was a big traffic jam in the center. The coffins were rearranging themselves. But how? And why? We'll find out on page three. Your grandmother taps on your shoulder. She snaps you out of your daydream. Go on. She says. Go play outside. Outside? Out there? 
You shudder as you glance out the kitchen window again. Oh no! You cry. It's disappeared! What disappeared? Your grandmother asks. The grave with the angel on it. You shriek. Spy, sp- scree- screech. <laughs> you screech, pointing out the window. It's gone! One headstone in particular caught your eye yesterday. It had an angel carving on it. The angel looked so realistic you practically believed she could fly away. Did she? No. She didn't. Grandmother peers out the kitchen window. Don't be a goose. She scolds you. (laughs) That tombstone. (laughs) 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 Too late. You dirty, dirty goose. Uh, Don't be a goose. She has gotten more sultry, just like you promised. I told she you, has. I told you. Also, audio medium, Adam's been shivying. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I have to get into it, yeah. 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 <laughs> don't be a goose. She scolds you. That tombstone is still there. You don't answer her. You can't. Too You're- horny. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart is pounding crazily and your mouth has gone dry. Exactly. You bolt out the back door. You've got to see for yourself. But in the graveyard, you discover that your grandmother is right. The tombstone with the angel isn't gone. It just moved. It had been in the last row. Now it's up front. I'm losing my mind, you think. Losing it completely. Or are you? Find out on page four. You run back into the house shouting. Grandma! You yell. The grave with the angel on it. Your grandmother interrupts you. You don't have to shout, dear. The angel? She looks up from her pie crust. That's a nice oh. one. <laughs> Throw that in. Did it mention she was She was baking pie a pie. Oh, okay, no, not okay, eating okay, pie, it, baking it. pie. Got it, got it. Okay. No one's eating pie in this book. <laughs> She looks up from her pie crust. That's a nice one. Let me see. Who was buried there? Oh, yes, that's Elmira Martin's grave. Before you can explain about the moving gravestones, a voice on the far side of the room makes you jump. Okay, I guess who is Elvira Martin? It's a small child. Um, yeah, a small child. Alright. The character can be correct. A small child? But the voice of a small child. The name is Elvira Martin. (laughs) The voice says sharply. Not Elmira. You never could get my name right. Your mouth drops open. A strange woman now stands in the doorway that leads from the kitchen into the hall. A very strange woman. Because she isn't a living, breathing woman. She's a ghost. Uh, Grandma? You be 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 Excuse me? (laughs) You begin. But from the way your granny is humming to herself, you can tell she doesn't hear or see the scary visitor. And don't you stare at me, you little wretch. The ghost says, pointing at you. Or you'll be sorry. What are you going to do? Suddenly you're living in a haunted house. Holy fuck, I think we're already at the big decision. I think okay. so. All right. So uh, you, your choice, guys, is to either run outside or talk to the ghost. No warm-up, huh? So if we run outside, we're in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And if we stay inside... You're with a ghost. This is going to force us into the cemetery one way or the other. I think we might as well just go there. You're going to run outside? You're just going to ignore... You want Adam to simply ignore this? Oh, we also might get information from her, though, that we need. You're thinking about this too logically. <laughs> um, 
yes to the spooky ghost or no to the Let's spooky ghost. Let's talk to the spooky ghost. We might need her to tell us something. So we're going to talk to spooky okay, ghost. Okay, spooky ghost. It's like in the first book where you had to go, you had to get a tool to get out of the dog maze. Yep. Yeah. Why are you here? Oh, me. Why are you here? <laughs> you asked the ghost. But your grandmother thinks you're talking to her. You know why I'm here. <laughs> your grandmother oh, answers. Yes. I live here. Don't be such a goose. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, naughty little goose. <laughs> uh, tag yourselves. Where are all my naughty little geese at? <laughs> For some reason, your grandmother can't see Elvira. You've always wanted to have a special skill, but ghost spotting wasn't what you had in mind. You try thinking of a way to ask Elvira a question without having your grandmother think you're completely crazy. But you can't, so you keep staring at the ghost. She glares at you for a moment then motions for you to follow her. You watch as she floats into the hallway and up the stairs towards your room. Follow the ghost, you think? Are you nuts? Just the idea gives you a chill. So the book is giving you a second chance to go outside. So if you follow the ghost, turn to page 49. If you race out of this house fast and go home, turn to page... Oh, you're just going home. Turns to page Turn to page 30. I think this is actually the big decision. Go home seems like... A fault. See, I said go home, and Putnam made a no, don't do it noise. So we're gonna go. go we're gonna follow seems, the ghost. Seems like a trap. Yeah. Okay. Didn't the beginning of the book say there was a ghost in your home too? We're gonna get there eventually. <laughs> let's um. Let's just. We're gonna follow the ghost. We're gonna follow the ghost. Follow Page forty nine. You follow Elvira to your room on the second floor. The moment you step into the bedroom, she slams the door. Oh, and kills you. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> you and I were thinking too fast. <laughs> this isn't your grandmother. This is Elvira. Okay. All right. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, no, that might be better. All right. Keep going. <laughs> then she whirls around to face you. Her eyes turn green and begin to glow. You back up, stumbling, and fall onto the bed. You little wretch, she says. I don't want any trouble from you. Sparks seem to fly from her flashing green eyes. You shrink back into the pillows. Then Elvira gazes around the room. Yes, yes, she says. This will do nicely. (laughs) What do you mean? Play the music. (laughs) (laughs) You stammer. Elvira floats towards the bed. She hovers over you. I'm taking over this room now. She tells you. Get out! You would... She fucking <laughs> told us to come with her! Yeah, she, she just wanted She just wanted access to the room. Are ghosts like vampires where they need permission to come in? We didn't give her permission. She, she, she did. She did float. Yeah, true. We followed her up yeah, here. Yeah, followed her up here. I knew it was going to force us to go outside anyway. The ghosts might supersede us anyways. Like, they, they, they were there first. True. They were... The original house guests. You would love to leave, but you're shaking too hard to get up. Besides, you have to find out what's going on. Elvira is the only one who can explain it to you. Please. You beg. Just tell me why you're here and why the graves are moving. Shut up! She screeches. And get off that bed! I want to lie down! I haven't slept in a bed in 51 years! She was a child? She was. No, just a child's voice. I know, but... I want the I want more more child more child okay she's fifty one but sure (laughs) (laughs) 
Sure. We can give her more child. Shut up! <laughs> she's, she's 51 in ghost years. Shut up! She screeches. And get off that bed! I want to lie down! I haven't slept in a bed in 51 years! Uh-oh, you realize. You aren't just dealing with a ghost here. You're dealing with a ghost in a very bad mood. We better do what she says on page 72. I think most ghosts are in a bad mood. Yeah, aren't ghosts there because they have unresolved shit? Purgatory? Yeah. That's a livest. What? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be canceled because of this podcast. Yeah, the ghosts are going to come, the the ghosts come for you. You jump up from the bed. Elvira lies down, neatly spreading her... <laughs> That's White. a terrible place to, to stop. White satin dress on the covers. Mr. Stein. <laughs> Or whoever wrote this. Whoever wrote this. <laughs> her long red hair fans out. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> you were joking. I told you, Stein has a thing for redheaded women. <laughs> so does Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why I just gave him a look a moment when I noticed she had red hair. Uh, yeah, Arl Stein loves women with red hair and emerald eyes. And if you remember, her eyes turned green. Uh, that. Yep. Yep. Also, for some reason, people fall on their hands and knees a lot as well. All right, all right. So things were just getting uh, steamy. steamy. Yep, she was spreading her white satin. Her long red hair fans out across the pillow. Ah! She sighs. A real bed. She shuts her eyes. Her voice has been different every fucking line I've done, and I'm not apologizing for it. That is correct. Mm Mm-hmm. You hope she doesn't sleep too long. You have so many questions to ask, and you hope that she'll be in a better mood when she wakes up. She dozes for exactly two minutes. So we just stand there and just watch her sleep like a creep? Yes. Not only that, you're counting to 120. (laughs) Then her eyes pop open. You notice that they aren't glowing green anymore. Ah. Elvira says. That's better. Now that she's awake, you're not sure how to begin. You're almost too freaked out to speak. But you have to know. Why are the graves moving? (laughs) You ask. What's going on? It's the curse of the creeping coffins. Oh. Uh, Oh. Roll credits. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We won. (laughs) The ghostly woman answers. And we're moving into this house. All of us. All of us? Gulp. What does that mean? It means all of them are moving in. Rush to page 106. To find out! Putnam is infested. Putnam's <laughs> trying to destroy my sweater. <laughs> Come here. Yes, go for Ryan's hands instead. Yeah. What do you mean, all of you? You managed to stammer. You asked too many questions. Uh-oh. Elvira's eyes flash green again. Don't get in our way and maybe we'll let you live. She soars up over your head and glares down at you. And don't you go talking to that ghost hunter McFarling either. <laughs> Elvira has. <laughs> okay, first of all, we probably wouldn't have if you hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> and secondly, um, what a weird just name drop. <laughs> Not first, just McFarling. Yeah, first name's Seth. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, now we know their voice. Yep. Wait, which which one? Now I I don't actually know their voice. Stewie Stewie or Peter or Brian or Brian or Quagmire. <laughs> Voices so many. All right. It'll change between lines. Yeah. <laughs> or 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 um Lois's dad Peter dad Peter Schmidt Peter Schmidt yeah. <gasps> 
In the next instant, she floats backwards and disappears into the wall. McFarling, a ghost hunter? You are startled by loud, clumping footsteps above you. You glance up at the ceiling. The light fixture is shaking. It's as if the whole crowd wearing clunky boots is stomping around in the attic. Who could it be? So, do we want to find out about McFarling, or do we want to find out who's in the attic? I don't um, know. Uh, she specifically <laughs> said, don't go talking to McFarlane. But if you've experienced these books, you know that you can't really trust the author because sometimes he'll lead you into a trap. But sometimes it does work in your favor. So it really, really, any, 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 any guess is as good as yours. I do not want to go in the attic. I feel like we did the follow the ghost inside once, and I feel like we'll get damage. Maybe, maybe... The McFarling thing is just reverse psychology. Kind of like, oh, I hope nobody comes in and gives me a piece of bacon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we're going to follow the ghost hunter. Okay. On page 16. Wait, oh, yes. Find out more about the ghost hunter? Yeah. 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 Okay. Was Google around uh, back then? 95? No, I don't even think compu- computers were just being was a thing. Jeeves I think AO, like, like, like dial-up was the okay. thing. Jeeves is probably one of the names of the ghosts, so if you want to Jeeves. ask, can you the, the attic? You're right. A ghost hunter. That's exactly what you need. But how are you going to find this McFarlane guy? You dash out of your room and run downstairs as fast as you can. How about you, Grandma fucked him? That's that. That's that's what we're gonna discover. Maybe <laughs> that's like. I feel like a he's lover. probably dead. I think he's probably one of the graves. That's okay. You rush back into the kitchen. Grandma. You gasp, almost out of breath. Do you know someone named MacFarling? Oh, don't go talking to me about Mac MacFarling. She says. That loon. Which is another word for goose. (laughs) (laughs) He came around here last month. See, yeah, so he is a suitor. I'm over loons. I'm on to geese. (laughs) She should have had the voice of Bird Lady. Who's Bird Lady? From, um, uh. You're talking about Cat Lady from Simpsons? Nope. I'm (laughs) I'm talking about the Bird Lady from Home Alone. Oh, Susan Boyle? Discount Susan Boyle? Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't know that voice, though. Neither. I was afraid of getting my heart broken again. You see, sometimes you can trust a person, and then when things are down, they forget about you. Yeah, cool. Um, He came around here last month, told me he thought my house would be haunted soon, said something about a curse, too. Can you imagine that? I don't want you going anywhere near that man. Ugh, let's face it. Granny's not going to be too much help. So you race to the computer. On a hunch, you search for... That is not what the... Wait, is that what it says? You race to the computer? My book's different. You race where... So you race into the hall where she keeps her telephone books. You flip through the yellow pages. (laughs) You were updating your book. (laughs) Cool. So we're going to read mine. Goosebumps, really trying to reach a modern audience. So you race into the... (laughs) Hi, Putnam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's so happy. He's like, I want to read it. so smiling. Oh, cute little bean. So you race into the hall where she keeps her telephone books. You flip through the yellow pages. On a hunch, you look up ghosts. Bingo. There he is under ghost exterminations. Wow. 
He doesn't just hunt them. He exterminates them. <laughs> Mac McFarling, Ghost Hunter. Maybe there may be hope after all. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> as long as you can get out of the house before Elvira finds out what you're doing. Shh, tiptoe out the door to page 33. All right, so, so we're going out of the house. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to try to. I feel confident about our decision so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Luckily, everything in your grandma's small town is within biking distance. 20 minutes later, you've biked over to Mac McFarlane's office which happens to be located in his garage. Hmm. You knock on the side of the garage door. All right, so what is Mac McFarlane's voice? Home before it was cool. Uh, um, does he have to be Seth McFarlane? He could be. I could just he do various Family Guy characters. Probably his office in his garage, I was going to say. No. Can he just be like your, your like stereotype mouth breather? Yeah, uh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming. There it is. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> a voice calls. You yank open the door. Wow, you think when you see him. Mac McFarling has frizzy, kinky, blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> Mac. <laughs> Sticking out all over his head. He's wearing six earrings, a nose ring, and a pair of heavy black frame glasses with blue lenses in them. Oh, so he's hot. He's about 20 years old. So that's why your grandma didn't like him. Because he's, he's cool. Because he's... Oh, God. Oh, this poor kid. Oh. 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 No, this is this is the kid who, like... All it takes is piercings. Yeah, all it takes is piercings. Oh. What's up? McFarling asks. You look like you've just seen a ghost. <laughs> he laughs. Sorry. Just a little ghost hunting humor. You explain about Elvira, and she told you the ghosts are going to take over your grandmother's house. This is Todd grown up. Yeah. Yeah. From a, from a, he's got his pewter collection in the yeah. background. <laughs> I've been expecting this. McFarling says, shaking his head. I tried to warn your grandmother. Can you help us? You plead. His eyes are hidden in his blue lenses. You can't tell what he's thinking. Will McFarling help you? Find out on page 37. I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, I will. You guys haven't had that many decisions to make. It's just been kind of like... If you make the right ones, the book does the work for you. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, McFarling swings into gear. He picks up a strange electronic box and heads for the door. Come on. He says. We gotta hurry. Let's go. Finally, someone who can help you. You feel better already. McFarling jumps into his car. An old VW bug. You hop on your bike. As you ride to your grandmother's house, he drives along beside you. He rolls down the window and talks to you the whole time. Why roll down the window when he wants to talk to me? Because it's just going to be like, I'm just imagining, like, you're riding along and then, like, either he is so busy talking to you that he just crashes into the car in front of him or, like, you hit a stop sign or something. You're on a bike. How fast do you think he's going to go beside you that there's that much wind? 50? I don't know. I mean, I probably can't, but this twelve-year-old boy who's precocious right. and pretentious probably can. I don't. I don't think he's riding his bike at fifty miles an hour. Have the gravestones been moving around? He asks. Yes. You exclaim. So you're not crazy. Why are they doing that? I'm not sure. He says. I've only seen it once before, but I think they're moving into position to spell out some kind of message or curse. Graves can spell? That doesn't sound possible. 
But you're ready to believe anything now. How can we stop them? You ask Mac. It won't be easy. He tells you. You were afraid of that. Oh, you fuckers picked the hard one. <laughs> uh, Turn to page forty-five. Uh, usually, the book will oh, tell. So usually, the book will tell you like which is the hard path forward. Yeah. So there are also multiple ways to win. Yes, well. there are. Yes, okay. I believe um, most books have between three to five good endings and then twenty bad ones. Awesome. And then one ambiguous one. Okay. First, McFarlane explains. You'll have to fight the keeper of the sword. That's one of the ghosts. Why? You... <laughs> <laughs> so it's just this has just turned into a D and D quest. <laughs> Perfect, Ben. You're the game master. I will exterminate this ghost for you, but you have to fight the keeper of the sword. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's gonna give us like cool ghost fighting equipment, like mm-hmm. I don't know, power gloves. And yes, stuff. this is mm-hmm. just D and D now. Yep. You need to get this special sword and use it to stop the MPG. <laughs> what? Just keep reading. What's the MPG? You ask. What do you guys think the MPG is? What do you think MPG stands for? The most... It's the most something ghost. The most... No, I don't know. purple. Most, the most purple. The most. And what would the book? What would the big boss be? It would be the, the most powerful ghost. The yes, <laughs> the most powerful ghost. Hey, so let me get this straight. We are hiring this person's services, so he can come in and say, "You're going to have to do this." Then you're going to have to fight the most powerful ghost. We're essentially paying him for him to tell us what to what do. What is he going to do? <laughs> he told we're paying him. Uh, so what is he doing? Are we paying for his gas at least to get there? No, he's going to bill us on the back end for like $20,000. <laughs> That's the lawyer talking. <laughs> the most powerful ghost. McFarling says. It's a term for the spirit who has control over a graveyard. Once you have the sword. Mac continues. You must plunge it into the grave of the MPG. But you've got to hurry. Because when all the graves have moved into position to spell out the message, it'll be too late. The curse will be complete. And after that, you'll never be able to get the ghosts back into their graves. Your head is spinning from what Mac just told you. Because this is batshit. <laughs> he just told you. Your head is spinning from what Mac just told you. But you nod as if you understand. You've arrived at your grandmother's house. McFarling stops his car and hops out. You get off your bike and park it. McFarling faces your grandmother's house and switches on the funky electronic box he's carrying. Red dials light up. Then you hear a large beeping sound. Uh oh. A, a loud beeping sound. What did you say? A large. Oh. Well, it could be large. Beep beep. Uh oh. McFarling says. Major trouble. Give me a dollar. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Give me a five. So, are you going to pay him or not? You gonna what? give him a dollar or not? Yeah. Do we? Have, how much money do we have? I don't know. We're twelve. Year? I mean, I had an allowance. Sure, sure. We're gonna give, give him a dollar. dollar. Okay, but wait a minute. So far, he's been like, "You need to do all this shit." What are we paying him for? The beep. We're paying him for his funky. So you're giving him a dollar? Yes. Yeah. You reluctant, bro. Mm-hmm. You reluctantly hand McFarling a dollar bill. He folds the dollar in half twice. Then he jams it into a tiny slot of the electronic box. A minute later, the beeping stops. The box spits the dollar back out. Thanks. McFarling says. The spirit counter was jammed. He gives the dollar back to you. Weird. Science. (laughs) Weird, you think, but it seems to have worked. 
Then, McFarlane stares at the red dial on his machine. Bad news, kid, McFarlane says finally. By my count, there are ten ghosts in the house already. That's way over my limit. You're on your own. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) He starts back towards his car. Wait! Crawl after him. You can't leave me here, please! You have to help me! McFarlane hesitates for a minute. Then he shrugs. Okay. He says. This is what I'm willing to do. I'll help you make a map of the graveyard. Come on. A map of the graveyard? What for, you wonder? But you don't ask any questions. You just follow Mac into the cemetery and do what he tells you to do. An hour later, you've got a drawing of the first four rows of gravestones. So I will include this photo in the carousel, but for Ben and Kat, here is the gravesite. I don't know if you guys want to take like a picture of that, just so you can have it on your phone to like look at. Doing that now. Even though that wasn't a thing kids could do in 1995, we have technology. Are we gonna have to decode the message? My guess is probably, so we'll just keep that up there and we'll turn to page 65 to continue. You will die soon. soon. Nice. Mm, They cracked that real quick. (laughs) Did you figure it out, Ryan? No. (laughs) (laughs) We will die soon. You will be soon. They spell die D I. Well, I think the I think the coffins the still need to keep moving. I think oh. the E is is on its way. Is somewhere. on its way somewhere because they said once. Oh my God, what all was the ghost the, name? Evelyn. What, what was the green girl's name? Elvira. Elvira. She's not on here. I bet that she's the last grave. Her last name oh, is Barbara. Martin. Oh, no. Nope. You will dim, dim, dim. You will dim soon. <laughs> dim some? You will dim some. <laughs> All right. That's the good ending. You get Chinese food. <laughs> All right, page 65. You stare down at the map of the gravestones in your hand. You wonder how it can possibly help. Big trouble. Max says, peering over your shoulder. The message is already almost completely spelled out. What message? You ask, puzzled. Look at these first four rows. He says, pointing at the paper. The rest of the graves don't matter. That's why I didn't put them on the map. Take a pen and circle the first letter of the last name on each tombstone. It spells out a message, don't you see? No, you don't see. I'm 12. I can't figure that out. (laughs) And you won't see until you do it. So do it. I'm not desecrating my book. You will die soon. We did it. <laughs> well, you will D soon. Putting my law degree in <laughs> Turn to the map on page 127. Circle the first letter of the last name on each tombstone. It will spell out a message. Or part of one. But we already figured that out, so we're going to turn to page when 91. When you've discovered the message, go to page 91. Oh, no! You gasp. You stare at the map and the message spelled out on the gravestones. You will D.I. soon. So that's the terrible message that the graves are moving around to spell. Oh no, the the the, the graveyard's using destiny board. <laughs> and, is, <laughs> and is the you you or is the curse directed at your grandma? Either way, it's super bad news. God, Destiny Board. What a throwback. Right? What did it used to say? It used to say final. Well, in in, in Japan, it was... Yeah, in Japan, it's death. 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 But America couldn't do that. For those who don't know, this is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Corner. uh, Trading card game? (laughs) God. I did not know. Oh, I was I was so into Yu-Gi-Oh! And the fact that they invented the Shadow Realm because they couldn't explain that but they just kill you at things. the end. Move it yes. along, boys. Okay, right. well, yeah, it'll be a different different podcast. Um, Mac, 
You say? There's only one letter missing. Only one more coffin has to creep into place, and then, then the curse will be complete. Max says. He turns and walks back to his car. Wait! You call after him. Is this he's the second time he's trying to abandon uh, Yes. <laughs> he stops, but only long enough to pull out a business card. Here. He says. Call me after you defeat the Keeper of the Thord, and then I'll tell you what to do next. <laughs> Why would you tell us now? Because <laughs> it's too much information for a 12-year-old boy to handle. Then he jumps back into his VW Bug. Leaving you standing in front of your grandmother's house. I picture him doing like Dukes of Hazard style, like windows down, jumping through into it. <laughs> He's not cool enough to do that. Oh! He calls as he drives off. Two things to remember. Be sure to find out the name of the Keeper of the Sword and stay away from the Luckmeyer twins. Okay. Thank okay. You. The- How has he dealt with these particular ghosts before? Uh, because he read the box and saw the, I don't know. The Luckmeyer twins, you think? If you've met the Luckmeyer twins already, turn to page 8. If you haven't met them, turn to page 64. You, Avoid the twins. You haven't met them Learn yet. Learn the name. Them. Get the sword. Beat the boss. Get the girl. Call <laughs> what's his name back. Uh, write it, write write it, it down, down! Write it down! We <laughs> have not met them yet. Yeah, so we're going to uh, turn to page yes, 64. I would have remembered. Keep away from the <laughs> Luckmeyer twins. That should be easy. No problem. Twins are pretty easy to spot. Uh, ben, uh, you are they? <laughs> I mean, you're a twin. Aren't you? It doesn't make us easier to spot. Yes, it does. <laughs> when we're together, sure, yeah. Oh, like, Ryan, you were you and I were literally talking last night that you actually don't think that they look like twins. We don't look that much alike. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I would think so. you got a similar face. They have the same mouth. Yeah. What? Have you kissed both of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, Is this the reveal? Don't tell. They were actually born conjoined to the lips. They actually share a mouth. Oh. <laughs> I don't like that. Worst horror movie plots. <laughs> write that down! Write that down! Twins are pretty easy to spot. Then it hits you. Do they always stick together? <laughs> are they guys or girls? Oh, I thought, are they Siamese? Like, do they always <laughs> stick together? Are, are they the also lips. conjoined at the lips? <laughs> are they guys or girls? And how old are they? No way to know. Hmm. Maybe this will be more difficult than you thought. You slink into your grandmother's house. You feel creepy knowing the place is loaded with ghosts. And how are you going to find the keeper of the sword? You don't have a clue. Your head swims as you wander up to the second floor. Bam! It's Emerald. Bam! Oh. <laughs> Bam! I died. It's <laughs> Mateo. Bam! A door bangs open. It nearly hits you in the head. You jump back and peer into the hall closet. Oh, okay, another ghost. Uh, it's a man. What does he sound like? Um, Do you remember, like, Charlie the Unicorn? Charlie! Like that? I, didn't, I never Andy watched it. Mountain, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Andy Mountain. So kind of like Herbert? Or kind of like Herbert the Pervert. A little like Herbert. Okay. Don't go in there. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, voice behind you warns. You whirl around and see a ghost. A teenager from another time. <laughs> These misappropriated ghosts. <laughs> He's dressed in an old-fashioned velvet suit with frilly with a frilly white shirt. I'm I'm sticking with the voice. I think this yeah, is accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His hair is slicked back and combed neatly behind his ears, smiling, but it's a sneaky smile. 
Should you listen to him? So if you stay out of the closet, turn to page 12. <laughs> if you go into the closet, turn to page 26. You just said stop, don't go in there? Yeah. Why were we going into the closet? Um, I peer into a hall closet because I heard a door banging open. Oh. You heard a door banging open in the closet? No, so I wander up to the second floor, bang, bang! the door bangs open, it nearly hits you in the head. You jump back and peer into a hall closet. Okay. And, and they said, don't go in there. Actually, that's more greased up deaf guy. Than Should we go Herbert. in there? What? But he looks like he's... Smi- he's smiling, but it's a sneaky smile. What is this? I feel like we should go smile. in there. You want to see what's in the closet? So he's more like a, ooh, don't go in there, wink. Is that like... Or is it like foppish, like, mm, don't go in there. You <laughs> sure hope no big, strong young boy go no, in No, that's there. my grandmother. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we could not go in there. I mean, like, we'll probably die. I just want to see what's in there. I don't know. Remember, just avoid no, the Luckmeyer twins. I wouldn't twins. go in there. You're not going to go in there? Or you see, get... it feels like an obvious trap. So we're staying out of the closet? Fine, I'll let Ben make this call. We'll stay out of the closet. Yeah. Stay out of the closet! I feel like we just forewent a tool that we'll need later on. You decide to trust this guy. He's a little weird looking, but he seems harmless. Even if he is a ghost. I'm John, the boy says. You've got to get away from here. The closet is filled with horrible spirits. Quick, close the door and hide in the basement. (laughs) I've got popsicles. (laughs) You do as he says, slamming the closet door hard. Then you run downstairs to the kitchen, then into the basement. Why down here, you wonder, as you look around the damp, grungy old basement beneath your grandmother's house? You've never liked this place. It's cold, it's dark, but even worse are the big, ugly crickets. They get in from outside through the cracks in the basement walls. I feel like the crickets are being introduced way too late into the story. Yeah. They're actually just uh, a bunch of uh, scrapbooking crickets. What? (laughs) What are (laughs) they? I've never done... Like cuts? Oh, like the like the like the little machine. Like, grandmother just has a bunch like, of crickets for all was, her friends that come over and scrapbook. Bugs who are they're not, do, they're, they're not doing drink teenies. I'm not craft teenies. Yes, they are. <laughs> Cut that. That's a deep and gurgly one. That's the wine. Speaking of which, more please. Thanks. They get in from outside through the cracks in the basement walls. Then they hop all over the basement. You hate them. Uh, how come we have to hide down here? You ask. That's when you realize John isn't with you. John? You call. Bam! Bam! It's him. <laughs> Bam! Flexes Mateo. Bam! You whirl around and see the basement door slam shut. Click and lock. The ghost has locked you in. Turn to page 20. Oh, is this going to so... be another one of those double dead ends? So, we lose or we lose? Not necessarily. Help! You cry. Let me out! You turn to see if there's another way out of the basement. Gross. Those disgusting crickets are hopping everywhere. Are we gonna get death by cricket? Maybe. Like the machine? (laughs) Those disgusting crickets are hopping everywhere. There must be hundreds of them. The chirping is enough to make you crazy. They hop from the windowsills, they jump up and down the stairs, they pounce from the sink to the floor, from the floor to the chair, jump, jump, jump. Ah! One of them lands on your head. Yuck! You scream. 
You swipe at your head. Get off! Get off me! Kind <laughs> of chewing my shoelaces. <laughs> You're playing the role of the cricket. You little cricket. You fuzzy little cricket. He's jumping around. <laughs> get off me! More greenish brown crickets hop around your feet. You bang on the basement door. Let me out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you hear John snickering on the other side. What a creep, you think. Then it dawns on you. Hey, John. You call through the door. What's your last name? Luckmeyer. The ghost answers. Figures, Mac McFarling was right. Uh-oh. John Luckmeyer mumbles on the other side of the basement door. Here comes trouble. What now? You have enough trouble already. In the form of a teenage ghoul. It's found on page 68. Wait, what? John, the teenage ghoul. I thought ghoul. they were... Where's the other twin? There's no, no, they're coming. Ick, another cricket plops on your head. Let me out! You yell again, pounding on the door. How many fucking crickets are in here? Like Hundreds, hundreds. it said. Oh. Immediately, the door swings open. Uh-oh, the ghost was right. Trouble has arrived. In a big way. It's your grandma, and she's steaming mad. What in heaven's <laughs> name are you up to? Your grandmother scolds. You glance past her into the kitchen and see what she means. The whole place is a mess. Flour is scattered all over the floor. Pots and pans are stacked on chairs and tables. Every single item in the refrigerator is sitting on the kitchen counter. Oh, poltergeists. They're here. What on earth have you done? <laughs> Your grandmother demands, pointing at the huge mess. Behind her back, you see the ghostly John Luckmeyer with a big grin pla- plastered across his smirking face. Quick. What are you going to tell her? Are you going to make up a story, or are you going to tell the truth? I feel like if we tell her the truth, up until now, she doesn't seem to be the kind to believe us if we tell her. Yeah, I think we make up a story. You're going to make up a story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what plausible explanation is there for all that? I'm a dirty little boy. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. I'm a stupid little goose. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just being a little goose. Um, I was trying to make dinner for you, Grandma. You say. I'm such a brown noser. (laughs) (laughs) If you told the truth, she'd think you were lying. Then you'd be in even bigger trouble. Well. Your grandmother's face begins to soften. Then, John Luckmeyer floats over you. Before you realize what he's doing, John picks up one of your grandma's best china teacups. He knocks it to the floor right behind you. The teacup lands with a horrible crash. Oh no! You start to open your mouth to explain, but then another ghost appears on the other side of you. This one is a girl. She's wearing an old-fashioned long white linen dress. Her hair is braided and the braids are wrapped around her head three times. Is this Ugly. The, is this the second girl with a white linen dress? It's probably the yes. other luck. It's the, the it's, it's it's the other Luckmeyer. No, but the first girl, the first ghost girl, also, also had a white linen dress. It's just, it's just it's ghost. Their, their it's ghost. Just what ghosts wear. It's their oh uniform God. for this house. Ghost attire. Ghost. So what is what does um, what does Jane Luckmeyer sound like? Uh, so if John is Herbert, Jane can Jane just have like a. A uh, real deep, gruff voice. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> she says with a snicker. I'm Jane Luckmeyer. Great, you think. Another one. 
trapped between the Luckmeyer twins. Hello. She picks up the china saucer that goes with the teacup John just smashed. She tosses it like a frisbee across the room. Somehow she makes it look like as if you threw it. The saucer crashes, lands at your grandmother's feet. That's it. Your grandmother says. Go to your room. Oh, she's no. An she's an idiot. Okay. Turn to page 124. We're going to die in our room. You might. You hurry into the hall and start up the stairs towards your room. But something stops you. A terrible chill in the air. A cold so cold you feel it as if, you, as if it will freeze your blood and bones. An instant later, 13 howling ghosts appear. Oh. Okay, then. Here it's, we are. The Which movie. one of them has the sword? That's the movie, 13 Ghosts. All right, we're, we're surrounded by ghosts. An instant later, 13 howling ghosts appear. They float out of the walls and come towards you. They are all shapes and sizes, but they have one thing in common. They are all wearing linen white dresses. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I, was, I was like, no. no. There. They're all, but they have one thing in common. They are all terrifying. No, you want to cry. This can't be happening. Your knees shake so much you almost... You, you know the... Your knees shake so much you almost fall down. But somehow you manage to run. Ghostly arms reach for you as you race to the front door. Into the front yard where the sky is growing dark. I thought we were going to our room. Yeah, we got scared. Okay. For the next side now. <laughs> for the next ten minutes, you huddle under a big tree trying to think. Mostly, you just think one thing. Get me out of here! But you know you can't go home. Your parents are away on vacation. One of the options was literally going home. <laughs> Why can't I now? <laughs> Because we didn't take that Maybe option. you would have re- realized that you can't go home. Probably. Besides, you can't leave your grandmother here all alone. Not with all these creeping coffins. Which means you've got to go back into the house, you've got to get rid of the ghosts, and you've got to find the keeper of the sword before it's too late. Go on to page 102. Let's go find that sword keeper. It's like those We're so walking d- dead telltale games where you think you have a choice, but you kind of don't. Yeah, no matter what, that kid's getting shot. (laughs) (laughs) We're so deeply unprepared to fight the Swordmaster We're pretty deep in it already, though. I know. And not one death yet. Knock on wood. Well done, you two. Get used to disappointment. Using the back door, you quietly slip into the house. Then you sneak up the back staircase to the second floor. You peek around the corner carefully. You don't want to run into the Luckmeyers. When you are sure the coast is clear, you start up the stairs towards the attic. As soon as you step into the stairway, you see a huge soldier standing on top of the third floor landing. His uniform is old-fashioned. Civil War, you guess. And judging from the medals pinned to his gray jacket, this guy knows what he's doing. And what he's doing right now is pulling a sword from its holder. The sword is about five feet long. The handle is mother of pearl, encrusted with sapphires. The blade gleams. Even in the darkness, you can see that it's dangerously sharp. Hey guys, do you think that might be the sword? (laughs) (laughs) And maybe that's the keeper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Remember, we need to get his name. We need to defeat him in single combat. Oh no, that's the other thing. What? That's that's the MPG. Yeah, we just need this guy's name. The miles per gallon. (laughs) (laughs) The enormous shirt. 
<laughs> the massively perky gooch. <laughs> <laughs> the enormous soldier points the sword at your heart. What does the soldier sound like? Valley girl. Do not advance one more step unless you're willing to, like, die. He booms. <laughs> die, die, die. Go on to page 104. You can't take your eyes off the sword. The longer you stare, the more your legs shake. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> then it dawns on you. This soldier must be the keeper of the sword. Oh, no. <laughs> really? So what are you going to do? Run and hide? Definitely. Trembling in fear, you start to back up. That's when you feel a sharp point sticking in your back, right between your shoulder blades. Ouch! You're telling me I've been saying shoulder instead of soldier this whole time, and now it's going to be throwing in actual shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> soldier shoulder? You know what Arnold loves doing? He loves to tongue twist you. Might I remind you of Woods World? The soldier puts the sword right between your shoulder blades. Ouch! You cry out, turning around. Big trouble. Behind you is another ghost, and this one's dressed in a fencing costume. White canvas pants, a wire mesh mask, leather gloves, and a white linen dress. Like, on guard! Wait! (laughs) Oh, no. But this one will also be a valley girl. Like, on guard or something. The new ghost says. The voice echoes all around you. From the voice, you know this ghost is a woman. Then you realize something. She has a sword, too. Two ghosts, two swords. Two, two ghosts, guns, six boobs. We're on the Two ghosts, two swords, one cup. <laughs> Both dangerous, but only one has the sword you need. Which one? So, do we think the woman is the keeper of the sword, or do you think it's the soldier? So, Arl's not as sexist. <laughs> nothing about a name? No, he's just fatphobic. I don't think he's sexist. So, who, who do we think is the keeper of the sword? The soldier. I think either the fencer valley girl or the, or the fencer valley girl. I think we should stick with the, the OG. The OG swordsman. The soldier? I feel yeah. like the fencer is going to end up being like a fencer twin. Fencer could just be a miss, like a, a mislead. I think Arlstein is playing 3D chess and he wants us to choose mm-hmm. the less mm-hmm. obvious option. I don't know what you mean by that, but let's go to page 118. <laughs> I feel like the, the soldier is the most obvious option. It has a, a, a mother of pearl sword yeah. with sapphires in it. Yeah. The and the other one has like a flimsy fencing sword. The fact that it's more ornate... No, but I think that R.L. Stein wants us to choose the option that seems le- less obvious, and so the actual option oh. is the is the most obvious one. Also, Great. Ryan, because you said that we have to now choose that option. R.L. Stein is listening to this podcast right so now. So we're doing, wait, are we doing we're the fencer or the soldier? Sword. Ornate, the, the big guy. Soldier. You decide the enormous Civil War soldier must be the keeper of the sword. You face him, and the fencing ghost behind you vanishes. You can't seem to lift your eyes from the sharp blade of the soldier's weapon. Are you you the keeper of the sword? You ask him, your voice trembling. No! He bellows. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Then he lunges forward and charges at you. Ah! You scream in terror. You turn and run for your life. Down the stairs. Out the front door into the night. You don't look back, but you don't have to. You can hear the ghostly soldier behind you. His heavy boots thud against the ground. You dash across the front yard towards the road. 
You managed to put some distance between you and the ghost, but then something grabbed your book, your foot. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone no, grabs a book. book, my book. How can I find out what else goes on? This is bad. Smack. Your hands hit the gravel at the side of the road, and you fall flat on your face. You glance down to see what made you fall. Just a gnarled tree root. Like, prepare to die. The shul... The... St- fuck me. <laughs> the stol... Stol... <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Reboot. <laughs> the soldier shouts as he stomps towards you. Quick, we'll rush to page 24. Okay. <laughs> you you win this round, Stein. <laughs> the Civil War soldier raises his huge sword. You quickly roll out of the way. The sword plunges into the ground. You scramble to your feet and run as the soldier wrestles the blade out of the dirt. Where can you go? What can you do? Your heart pounds as you race down toward, uh, down the road towards town. Maybe you can get help. Maybe the police will drive by. Maybe someone will beside you will see the Civil War soldier and do something to save you. Maybe not. You see two choices up ahead. There's a small brid that... Brid, brid, oh no, we've reached this point in the podcast that I can't read anymore. <laughs> There's a small bridge that crosses a narrow river. If you run to the bridge, maybe you can hide under it. There's also a small red barn across the street, behind the farmhouse across from your grandmother's house. Another good hiding place. Which is it? The bridge or the barn? Both feel like terrific places to die. <laughs> yeah, this feels like it might be a dead end. Um, bridge and barn sounds like a like a rest like a like a bar. The, yeah. the barn the is closer barn. to our grandmother's did house. Do, so that feels like it's gonna be more useful. Did it say the, the bridge goes over a small river and we can try to hide underneath it? Um, yes. If you run to the bridge, maybe you can yes, hide under perfect it. perfect sense. Feels like we should go to the barn. Go to the barn? I guess so. I mean, we're going to die either way. But if you go to the bridge, the soldier can run over it while you hide under it. Ryan, I can't and emphasize enough how little you're away in the by the <laughs> So are you going to go to the bridge or the barn? The barn. We'll go, go to the, the barn. barn. Okay, we're going to the barn. You race across the lawn and over the hill to the small barn. You swing open the door. Instantly, more than 40 chickens flap out of the rafters. Yes. Once, again, once again, just Rain Man, just like, 40, right there. <laughs> Chicken death? Feathers fly everywhere. Achoo. The feathers tickle your nose. They get in your mouth. You swipe at the downy tufts. <laughs> downy tuft. Yeah, like like down, like yeah. bird down. Uh. The clucking is so loud you cover your ears. Then you cover your head. Ah! You scream. The chickens are swooping at your hair. Huh? Why are they swooping towards your hair? You heard that bats will fly at people and get tangled in the hair. But chickens? There's definitely something weird going on with these birds. Oh my god, are they ghost chickens? Turn to page 97. Okay, so it's loons. Geese and chickens. Get away from me! You shout. You duck and twist, trying to avoid the diving chickens. They squawk and flap their wings. One bird lands on your shoulder. Its claws dig into your clothes. Hey! You yell at it. You try to shake it off, but it clings to you. You notice the other chickens hovering nearby. You reach up and grab the stupid bird, but something stops you. Could it be? Is the chicken smiling at you? Ha! <laughs> You peer closely at the bird. Can chickens smile? Uh-oh. <laughs> that chicken isn't smiling. It's baring its teeth. Oh my god. But chickens don't have teeth. And they sure don't have fangs. That's right, fangs. Guess what? These aren't ordi- ordinary chickens. They're These are vampire chickens. <laughs> 
the bird on your shoulder is leaning closer and closer and closer. Jump! Because fuck you. Being bitten by a vampire chicken puts you in a foul mood. Oh well. Better cluck next time. Oh my god. Did we end? Did we just bang a hard left into a completely (laughs) different (laughs) book? (laughs) Yeah. Books books love to do that. Um, Should we go back? Do we go back to the soldier versus fencer or the bridge versus barn? We die under the bridge from the vampire... Water. Water. <laughs> so do you want it? So, so. What do you guys think? Yes, it's it's going to the bridge. It's going back to, to the, the bridge. The bridge, and then if that's a dead end, then we go back again to the decision before it. Well, we've actually never come to something like this where you can actually where. What, what do you mean? Every time that you die, we come. We could possibly come to the scenario of choosing where you go back to. Yeah, it's usually a lot more cut and dry, but... Yeah, I feel like the bridge might still be a death, but we can... We're we're gonna go to the bridge, then. Bridge on 32. The bridge looks good to you. You can slip down the bank to the river and hide under it. Uh, You might be able to sneak around and change directions. Maybe you can lose the soldier after all. But before you even reach the river bank, you feel a heavy hand on your shoulder. Like, halt, traitor! The soldier cries. No! You scream, twisting away. You stumble a bit and lurch forward, out of his grasp. You keep running. Okay, Finally, okay, okay. you reach the bridge, but the soldier is right behind you. He's swinging his sword wildly, as if to cut your head off. No! You cry again, jumping backward. Uh-oh, backward wasn't a good idea. You've just leaped off the bridge, and it's a long way down. Oh, that hurt. You have a 50, fa- 50 chance of surviving the fall. And I can't believe this is what the book is asking you to do. <laughs> Remember what page you're on, page 32. Then toss this book up in the air. If it lands with the front <laughs> cover facing up, turn to page 105. If it lands with the cover face down, turn to 69. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> Hold Wait, the dog down. I'm, so I'm just throwing this in the Toss the, the book in the air. and what, floor. Toss right. the book in the air, and whatever side the book lands on is where we're doing. What do we want? We'll uh, it it a, doesn't matter. A, face up or face down. We don't know. Good spin here. <laughs> face up or face down. Face up. Title up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to eat that book. <laughs> All right. So page thirty-four, I believe, is where we just 32 were. Thirty-two is where we were. Cool. Yeah. And then page one hundred five. So Adam's, I'm so nervous. So Adam's fate lies in our hands, which lies in the hands of a random toss of a book. Uh huh. The book landed with the front cover facing up. That means you don't survive the fall oh, of the bridge. Oh, God. <laughs> do I, now, do we have to go back and keep Stop flipping it? Wait, no. there's, more. There's, more. there's more. There's more. Sorry, now you are a ghost roaming the neighborhood, haunting everyone in sight, and for a while, scaring people for fun. But soon, you get tired of scaring uh, of people screaming whenever you appear, and some people can't even see you. For some reason, not, a, not, not everyone is able to see ghosts. You begin to understand why the Lockmeyer twins played pranks and practical jokes. It's a goof. So you start doing it too, playing tricks on people. You move their coffee cups while they're not looking. You raise the windows right after they've closed them. You wrinkle their clothes while they're ironing them. Well, we're intolerable. You steal key pieces from jigsaw puzzles Mm. when people aren't looking. Prism. (laughs) Then one day, you go too far. You do something really evil. You go through a Give Yourself Goosebumps book with the black felt marker and cross off all the page numbers. The only problem is, it was this book. 
the only <laughs> one you're in. Which is why, sad to say, this is really and truly the, the end. end. Wow, so is that just like, we can't read the book anymore? Wow, it's like, you're done? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yep. Simply lose? Uh, so I guess we're going to turn to page 69 as if nice. you're, uh, yeah. So we as if you survived the, the fall. As if you survived the fall, as if the book flipped over. Well, who knows? Maybe, um, Oh, we could have gone back to choose the fencer, too. That's it. No, this is the other option. Okay. Right? Yes, this is how we but do Adam, it. But Adam, I'd like you to remember that we failed you by chance. Twice. So let's see, um, with the cover facing down, how that works. The book lands with the front cover facing down. Lucky you. You survived the fall off the bridge. But don't kid yourself. You're pretty bruised and scratched up. Ow! You moan as you lie at the rocky banks of the river. Mistake. You shouldn't have moaned. Now the soldier knows where you are. In a flash, he jumps off the bridge and towers over you. Like, prepare to die. He shouts. Can't this guy think of something else to say? Then he, well, he, you know, he finishes you off with one thrust of his beautiful mother-of-pearl-pandled sapphire-encrusted sword. Hey, don't look so surprised. We said there was a 50-50 chance of surviving the fall. We didn't say anything about wow. surviving this book. The, the end. Another double dead you, end. Oh, how many times do I have to say we gotta go back and choose the other swordsman? Uh-huh. It should have been a woman. It, it was a I'm woman. It, was a, it was a woman all along. But Arlstein is sexist. I don't know. Wait. Now we have to find where Can that we is. talk about the vampire chance? <laughs> 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 that feels like it was a little out of luck. That, that one was a cheap one. <laughs> cheap, cheap. Also, Grandma, Grandma likes birds. We should have known. We should have. We should have. We've been She's new. experimenting with them. Uh, where is this? I can't find it. Do you think that Grandma was fucking the chickens? No, Dad, I do not. You decide to duel the woman in the fes- fencing cons. We're dueling? Guess so. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you have to de- you have to defeat the keeper of the sword. No, we have to get the sword with with their name. And then we got. I think defeat, you have to get them and defeat them. Then we gotta defeat Mister. We have to defeat guy. You decide to duel the woman in the fencing costume. She's not as big as the soldier. On guard yourself. You cry. You notice as soon as you shouted at the woman, the soldier's ghost vanished. The fencer glides towards you, approaching slowly. You feel around desperately for something you can use as a weapon. Probably shouldn't have said on guard before you. Have a <laughs> The whole time you keep your eyes glued to the sharp tip of the sword. Or rather, her foil. That's what a fencing sword is called. Thanks, author. (laughs) (laughs) The fencer keeps coming towards you, slowly, slowly. Beads of sweat break out along your upper lip. The tip of the foil wavers slightly. As if the fencer were deciding on the perfect spot to stab you. Finally, your fingers grasp something leaning against the wall. An umbrella. <laughs> it's not much, but it'll have to do. You grab it and strike the fence. Strike a fencing pose. On guard! You shout again. The fencer freezes. Her foil raises. Then in a flash, she lunge- lunges at you. Quick, find out if you're still alive on page Untuntu. We better be. We better be. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know where we're going. <laughs> the, the tip of the blade slices right through your neck. What? Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Good news, you're still alive, and you never felt a thing. You know why? The fencer is a ghost. 
She's not solid. That She's... didn't stop the fucking soldier. <laughs> Come on! Be consistent with your rules, Hook. She's not solid. She's airy, see-through, and so is her weapon. You pick up your umbrella and slice back. You lunge forward, poking your um, umbrella between her ribs. But your umbrella has the same effect on her that her foil had on you. None. There's no point to keeping up this duel. Neither of you can win. You put down the umbrella. Are you the keeper of the sword? You ask her. Yes. She says. She reaches up and pulls off her mask. You gasp, and your stomach turns over. She doesn't have a face, because she doesn't have a head. Yes, this is like the sword you need. She tells you. You wonder where her voice is coming from. And I'll like give it to you or something if you can find my head. Is she kidding? What are the chances? Maybe you should just try to grab the sword. (laughs) So are we grabbing the sword or looking for her head? I think we need to look for her head. We also need her name, and if we We, just grab the sword, we have all... I think we've established we can't grab the sword unless they want to change the rules in the book again. Mm -hmm. Because it did poke us in the back earlier, so... Yeah! Yes, it did, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is poorly written. I love it. I like that. Okay. You tell her. I'll find your head. Wait here. But where should you look? You dash up the stairs to the attic. It's the only room you haven't been in since you arrived. Mm. And you definitely would have noticed a head if you've seen one. You rummage around the attic. You search through everything. Twice. Trunks of old clothes, piles of old furniture, golf clubs, no ghost head. You glance around the dusty room. Think. There may not be much time left. If I were a ghost head, where would I be, you ask yourself. You suddenly spot a large moose head sitting on the floor by a broken chair. There it is. That's gotta be it. <laughs> mm-hmm. moose. You na- kneel down to examine the moth-eaten moose head. Someone say that three times fast. Moth-eaten moose head, moth-eaten moose head, moth-eaten moose head. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you kneel down to examine the moth-eaten moose head. Up close, it looks even worse. The antlers are cracked and one eye is missing. It's filthy and has a musty odor. Mm. It's not even human, but what choice do you have? It's the only head here. Beside. Besides, you're in a big hurry. You've got to get the sword before the coughing creep again. You grab the moose head and oh, yeah. race downstairs. Yeah. Remember the book hope- title? I've <laughs> completely forgotten about the coffins. You only hope that the keeper of the sword won't be furious when she sees the head you brought her. We're going to cross our fingers for luck and turn to page 80. To I'm make so sure. disappointed in us. It's not even going to let us try to find the right head. Okay, okay. I found the head! You call out when you reach the landing. You clutch the moose nervously. You peer into the darkness, trying to find the headless ghost. The woman's body materializes on the steps below you. Good. Her voice says, you still can't figure out how she can talk. Just, like, set it down right there on the stairs. Really, you think? This is going to work? Maybe the ghost hasn't seen the moose head yet. What will she do when she's discovered what you've done? Trembling, you set the moose head down on the bottom step. You hold your breath. For a moment, nothing happens. Then the moose head begins to shake. At first, it just rocks back and forth a little. But soon, it starts to vibrate wildly. The moose head begins to glow as if there were light inside it. Then a ghostly woman's face appears inside the moose head. You can't believe it, but there it is. The face of a beautiful young woman trapped inside the dusty old moose head. Wow, (laughs) you actually did it. You found her head. (laughs) What is this book? I I don't know what is happening. This is a weird one. (laughs) This is a really weird one. 
Ghost Rider. Ah, ghosts, you get it? <laughs> Drink more wine. <laughs> you stare at the gl- glowing ghostly face. Your mouth drops open as the face rises out of the moose head. The woman's face floats up and hangs in the in midair, right in front of you. Thank you. The head says. You, like, release me from my trap. Her eyes are large and br- bright blue. Her ruby lips shimmer in the darkness. Her long black hair hangs down, falling below her neck. She sounds hot. Her neck, you glance at it and try not to scream. Torn flesh dangles from the bottom of her neck. Blood drips from the ragged edges. Ugh. Suddenly, you realize what you're seeing. It looks like her head has been chopped off. Jeez, that's gruesome. Try not to faint. Turn to page 41. Your stomach turns at the sight of her bloody neck. Then you notice the ghost body is still hovering below you. It floats up the steps and somehow attaches to her head. Thank you. She says once she's in one piece. She hands her you her foil. I'm like the keeper of the sword your name. Take this and use it as you will. Now I must, like, return to my grave. You remember Mac McFarling's instructions. Wait! You call. What's your name? Sarah. She whispers as her form fades away. (laughs) Can you whisper that, please? Sarah. Thank you. What's your last name? (laughs) Then she's gone. You run to the phone and dial McFarling's number. I forget that you can't just pull out a cell phone. You actually have to go find a phone. When he answers, you tell him you've got the sword. Good, McFarling says. Listen carefully. Find her grave in the graveyard. Write down the year of her death. It's a special number. You'll need it. Then plunge her sword into the grave of the MPG. That's the only way to keep the grave from spelling out the curse. But how do I find the MPG? You ask. Oops. McFarling says. Call waiting. Gotta go. <laughs> what the fuck? McFarlane. McFarlane. Mc... I'm glad we didn't pay him. (laughs) He hangs up. Call waiting, you think? What a liar. He just doesn't know how to help you find the MPG. Now what? So are we going to the graveyard, or do we think the MPG is just going to come to us? We're going to... That's our choice? Go to the graveyard? Wet noodle or go to the graveyard? (laughs) Let's go to the graveyard. I suppose we go to the graveyard. Also, I checked the picture that we took earlier, and the name Sarah is not on any of the graves. Anyone was wondering. Cool. You race out to the graveyard. You've got to find the fencing woman's grave. Fast. Then it hits you. You only know her first name. Sarah. Sarah who? You run up and down the rows of tombstones, searching for a grave marked Sarah. Naturally, you find two. (laughs) Of course we do. One is Sarah Grayson, born in 1820, died in 1895. The other is Sarah McGinnis, born 1918, died 1940. It's up to you. Which is the right Sarah? Think very carefully, then pick one. Did we learn anything about her age or anything? Wait, wait, wait. Say the dates again. It said she was a, like a young teenage girl, right? Born 1820, died in 1895. Okay, so, so she would have been old. Born 1918, died 1940. It's probably that one, because you balance the sword under one arm and feel around your pockets. You pull out a broken pencil from your jeans. You glance down and find a crumpled gum wrapper on the ground. You grab it and with shaking fingers you write down the year of Sarah's death and hope you chose correctly. So write down, I would say write down 1940. 
Okay. For Sarah McGinnis, the one you chose. But then also write down page 96 in case we have to go back to this. Okay. We won't. There will be no more errors. Oh, you think Sarah McGinnis is the one? I, w- I would just write down Sarah Grayson's in case as well. 1895. You guys really don't feel that confident about this? I do. Just in case. 1895, you said? 18, 1895 is Sarah Grayson. Sarah okay. McGinnis is 1940. Okay. Have you written down the date of Sarah's death? Good, because something terrifying is happening behind you. You really don't want to keep your back turned, so you put down the pencil and turn to page 114, if you dare. You don't like the prickly feeling in the back of your neck. You turn around slowly and gasp. The coffins have moved again. You can tell because you've wandered to the front of the graveyard. You are standing by the first row, the row that spelled out you in the curse. The row that used to only have three tombstones, but now... The front row is crowded with graves. Seven of them. Four more of them have creeped into place. You glance towards the back of the graveyard and notice new empty spots. That's true. The tombstones are spelling again. Your heart pounds as you run along the row, reading the four new names. Trying to see what the new initials spell out. Bannister, Oswald, Thackeray, Hamilton. B-O-T-H. Oh no. The message reads, you both will D.I. soon. Quick, hurry to page 31. Both? Granny. Me and my sultry grandmother? (laughs) Yep. Your throat tightens in terror. Your heart pounds wildly. Both you and your grandmother are cursed now. Your granny can't even see the ghost. She won't be able to save herself. It's all up to you. You grip the sword so hard your hands cramp. You've got to stop the coffins from moving again. And you've got to do it now before the final coffin moves into place and the curse is complete. But who is the most powerful ghost? One more letter. You mutter. Only one letter is needed to spell out the message. The last letter in the word die. The letter E. Then it hits you. The most powerful ghost must be someone whose last name starts with an E. That's it. You may live after all. You run through the graveyard looking at the tombstone searching for E's. That's a bit of a <laughs> yeah, jump made a logical leap. in logic. Um, it could also be any of the gravestones already in use. You find three. Melvin Estep, Melvin Estep II, oh, fuck and off. Brandon Estep. Okay. But which one is the MPG? You could guess, or you could go into the house and ask Elvira for help. Uh, me? Me too? Or B? <laughs> If you guess, go to page 48. If you ask Elvira, go to page 28. Are we allowed to ask Adam for what you would do in this situation? I think, I think you should pick, and then Adam can tell you what he would have I think done. we have a one in three chance. You're going to guess? It would well, also now we know what Adam make would do. more sense <laughs> to be more cautious and go inside and check. I just feel like if we go check, one of the ghosts inside is going to fuck us up. Why would it why would it risk us winning on a one in three chance? It can't be that cruel. It's just Would you go ask for help? I would. I would guess. Oh no. Wanna rock paper scissors? No, Adam can be the deciding factor. Adam, we are Wait, at no, an he, impasse. He just looked. I can't tell you. Yeah. Ah damn it. Alright, rock, paper, scissors. Flip the book again. <laughs> uh okay. if I win, we what are we doing? If I win, we go inside and ask. If you win, we guess. Okay, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
okay. We're, we're guessing. Here. We're guessing. Here we go. Taking a stab at 48. Time is running out. That last, last coffin could creep into place before you even cross over to a grave. Then it'll be all over for you and your grandmother. You are too terrified to think. So you decide to guess. Well, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and guess. Which one is the most powerful ghost? Melvin a step? Melvin a step two? Or Brandon a step? Melvin a step is page 34. Melvin a step the second is page 27. Brandon a step is page 47. Do you think it's either of the Melvins? Do you, do you yes, have the I dates of their deaths or anything? Like, no, but you have the dates of Sarah. You have the date of Sarah's death. I know, but, but there's nothing. Can we can we do something with that right now? What's the what's her death? Nineteen forty. Oh, I thought it, I thought the last page would be a forty. I thought no. it would be a page. What but are the plus, pages don't give them the to? answer if it was. I don't know. What are the pages we could go to? Thirty-four for Melvin a step. Mm-hmm. Melvin a step the second is page twenty-seven. Brandon a step is forty-seven. I feel like it wouldn't be like. The obvious one, obvious one. The obvious one would be going for the one that isn't a Melvin, right? Because it's the outlier, which makes me think that's not it. Maybe. So I think that it's probably Melvin a step, just not the second and not the B. The first guy. Not Brandon. So you think it's Melvin? Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Ben? Same page? Yeah, you have as much of a chance on either, on any of them. We're going to 34. I'm so nervous. I'm so sorry, Adam. Yeah. You run, <laughs> you run over to Melvin Estep's grave and plunge your sword into the ground and wait. Nothing happens. Does that mean you've actually done it? Did you put an end to the curse <laughs> no. of the creeping coffins? You step back from the grave, leaving the sword standing straight up from the dirt. You take a deep breath. Could it really all be over? Suddenly, one of the other two coffins, one of the other steps, starts to move. Damn oh it. no, you chose the wrong step. It's over, all right. All over for you. Before your astonished eyes, the headstone creeps across the graveyard. Within seconds, it reaches the third row. When the headstone stops creeping, the word die is complete. And so is your adventure in this book. Complete. Finished. Done. As in... The, the end. end. Is there is there a clue that will help us choose between the other two? That there we're is. Missing? P.S. Here's a hint. Next time you try to defeat the creeping coffins, ask Elvira for help. Don't leave so much to chance. I, wow. <laughs> it's like, is that what it says? Yep. It's like the author completely agrees with my assessment. <laughs> At this point, we have a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I, so, I don't. Th- I don't think you can go back and ask Elvira. I think you're trapped with yeah, like, just I, stabbing like, in the dark. You guys need to choose. Like, if your if your rules are strict enough that we just have to choose another one by chance but will it ever let us get it right by well chance? it will because one of these will be one of these one will, of be right. will be right and here's the thing adam is we now have a 50 50 shot for your fifth failure yes. of this read so it's it, yes so stakes are high this yep. is a big 50 50 yep so this is only that was only the fourth failure right? yes yeah but if they fail if, like, if, fail, they, if they fail again yep yeah, so is it melvin a step um, the second or brandon but also i ju- i just did want to clarify because cat brought it up that those those are our rules that we've said where we if one path is a mistake we go back to the last decision that that okay. they had to make so you do have to guess blindly so again. it would be guessing blindly so if all Three of these ended up being deaths. That's when you. But there's no hint that can help us decide between the three, right? None. Boy, there could have been a hint at. (laughs) I'm Ben and I are no longer engaged. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's either Melvin Melvin a step two or Brandon 
or Brandon a step? It's so hard because Brandon feels random, you know. But Brando, like no Brando, dude. But it's like on the be. other hand, the other guy's a son as opposed to a father. Um, I, yeah. Let's go with the son. The second. Yes. Okay, Ben made this decision. So, I would have gone with Brandon. Just that's, so you know, that, that feels like the obvious one, you know. And that's why this book probably. Did I fucking lose again. Melvin we'll is see. the second. You plunge your sword into Melvin Estep II's grave. The moment the foil pierces the ground, Melvin Estep II rises out of the earth. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, really bad choice. He's not the MPG. Are you kidding me? He's the MHG, most horrible ghost. As the stinking mist that surrounds him begins to clear, you can see he has no face. He's just a skull filled with rats. The squealing rodents pop out of his eye sockets. They run up and down his cheekbones and in through his grinning mouth. He rises up, 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 towering over you. He's huge. You sink to your knees in terror. No! You whimper. He is covered in shredded rags, teeming with bugs. Strips of rotting flesh fall from his skeletal body. Jesus Christ. He lifts his horrible skull head to the sky and lets out an unearthly moan. (laughs) Then he fixes his rat-filled eye sockets on you. And then, and then, his bloody hands reach for your throat. Face it. What happens next is too gross, even for you. You better close this book now and open again when you think you can survive all the way to uh, the end. Uh, that was Brandon a step. <laughs> what if... Well, bring us to Brandon a step, I guess. There's only you three E's in the grave. so much, Kat. Oh, Kat, you, you were the one I was counting on. That was yeah. Ben's choice. Yes. But also, when there were three, I wanted to go with Brandon. Yeah, but when there was two, you wanted to go with the other one. Actually, no, when it, uh, oh, no. Ben wanted to go to Elvira. That's true. <laughs> I didn't want to do this guessing game. So you have incurred a penalty for next I time, have incurred right? a penalty uh-huh. for my next game. Adam, so. I just want to say I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm not sorry. Let's finish this. So much for trying to be even with Ryan. <laughs> I'm just going to finish my wine as you read this next one. You cross your fingers to decide the... To, and decide to take a chance on Brandon a step. You run over to his tombstone and stand in front of it. You hold your sword in both hands like a dagger, with the point down. Your hands tremble so much and you're afraid to drop the sword. You tighten your grip and take a deep breath. Then you raise the sword above Brandon's grave and prepare to plunge it into the ground. But something stops you. What happened? Find out on page 36. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you hear a booming crack. In the next instant, the ghost of Brandon a step rises out of his grave. Is he the MPG? Have you chosen the right a step? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a different graveyard. <laughs> it's actually in the barn. <laughs> oh no. You peer at Brandon as he floats towards you. He's a young guy wearing a leather motorcycle jacket with heavy metal spikes and chains and a metal hand. A metal hand? A chill of terror runs through you. This must be him, the most powerful ghost, the ghost with the iron hand. He's a greaser. (laughs) You raise the foil again, but the ghost lunges at you and grabs your arm with his iron hand. Your arm freezes. You can't move. For a moment, you panic. 
Then you remember what McFarling told you. The date of Sarah's death. It's magic somehow. Did you write down the date like McFarling told you? Nice. Good. Then find the date and add up the four digits in the year. What's the new number? Well, that's your new page number. 14? Turn to that. 14? <laughs> Fuck. What's page 14 say, Ryan? It says... Congratulations! You Yay! got to write Sarah! Oh this is the Sarah I would have picked, too. Yeah. You guys got me going! Oh. <laughs> uh, Sarah McGinnis, born in 1918, died in 1940 at the age of 22. Aww. You knew she was the right one, because the fencing ghost was a young beauty. Oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> so she must have died young. The other Sarah in the graveyard lived to be 75 years old. Very clever of you to figure out. Thanks, book. <laughs> Suddenly, you hear her voice. It fills your ears. I'm like the keeper of the sword. <laughs> she calls you from her grave. Let my foil do the work. Let go. Let go? Weird, you think. But you do it. As soon as the foil leaves your hands, it floats midair mid and then plunges itself into the earth. Into Brandon Estep's grave. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that people is the most powerful ghost. <laughs> the ghost cries. His shimmering body begins to fade. Then he disappears back into the earth. Your eyes open wide and your mouth drops open as you gaze at an amazing sight. The coffins are creeping again. Back to their original positions. You did it. The curse has been defeated. Oh. But there's only one problem. Brandon's ghostly body is gone. But you find his iron fist is still clutched to your arm. Turn to page 86. Mm. I hope there's a good ending here where we can have an iron arm. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. McFarling never told you what to do about an iron hand. Help! You scream. Help! But who can help you in a graveyard? You try to yank the metal hand off your arm, but you can't do it. The grip is too strong. Help! You cry again, but your scream dies in your throat. You are too terrified to make a sound because the hand is moving. The iron fist is creeping along your arm. Not like this. Damn, not he here. He clutches your flesh so hard, you can already feel the bruises. The <laughs> glinting metal hand travels up to your throat. Horrified, you watch helplessly as the iron fingers open with a clanking sound and then snap around your neck. It's strangling you. You've got to do something, fast. Um. Turn page 116. The metal hand clutching your throat is squeezing the life out of you. You don't have too much time left. Then you see it. The sword. It's lifted itself out of the ground and is once again floating in midair. The sword helped before. Maybe it can help you again. Stretching your arm as far as you can, you reach for the sword. You nearly topple over, but you manage to grab the handle. Now that you have the sword, you're not sure what to do with it. But you have to do something. The fingers are tightening. Tightening. You've got to get some space between your throat and the metal fingers. You bring the sword up to your neck, trying to avoid slicing your own throat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that, but... You jostle and jiggle the sword through the fingers of the metal hand. Ugh. Finally, the blade pokes through the iron fist. The tip is just under your nose. The sword is jammed between your skin and the cold metal of Brandon Estep's hand. The iron hand releases your throat. The sword in the hand clattered to the ground. It's over. Well, maybe not. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like the oh! fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy with 500 different endings. The moment the sword hits the dirt, you hear a sound. An almost deafening sound. Hold your ears and turn to 131. 
Which is one of the last pages in the book. And my grandma yelling at me. <laughs> bong, bong, bong. <laughs> it's the stoner ghost. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Some kind of clock tower? Bong, 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 bong. The chime strikes 12 times. At exactly midnight, the iron hand and the sword vanish, and your grandmother appears in the doorway of her house. Why, listen to that! She exclaims. It's the clock tower in the church. That clock hasn't chimed in years. Really? You say, your eyes growing wide. Your grandmother nods. Not since Brandon, his step died, he crashed his motorcycle in this graveyard. Wild boy. <laughs> he crashed it in the graveyard? <laughs> he was a cool goose. <laughs> Wild boy. But he loved that clock tower. He had helped his father build it. So everyone said Brandon haunted this place, and that's why the clock wouldn't chime. Of course, that's a lot of nonsense. What do you mean nonsense? If we just talked to Grandma, we would have known immediately who the ghost was. Nonsense? No way, you think. They tried to fix the clock a million times. Your grandmother goes on. But it never (laughs) worked. I wonder why it started chiming now. You're pretty sure you know the answer to that. Uh, page 120. I guess Brandon's ghost is finally at rest. You say. You gaze around and you see that the tombstones are all back where they belong. In fact... The whole graveyard looks kind of sleepy and peaceful. Oh, don't be a goose. Your grandmother scolds. (laughs) There are no ghosts. Next you'll be telling me that the ghost of Elmira Martin is taking a nap in your room. Elvira? oddly specific. (laughs) You'd forgotten about her. But you figure when the other ghosts return to the grave, Elvira did too. Your grandmother yawns. Come on. She's... (laughs) What? It was a yawn. Come on. She says sleepily. This is way past both our bedtimes. You and your grandmother go inside. You say goodnight and climb the stairs to your bedroom. What a day, you think, flopping down on the soft bed. Watch it! A familiar voice echoes through the room. A lump under the comforter slowly materializes. Elvira! Don't hog the covers! She snaps. She yanks the blanket under you so hard that you roll right out of bed. You've heard of bad roommates, but this is ridiculous. Well, you'll just have to learn to get along, because Elvira is here for eternity. Your days of having your own room have come to an end. And, and I think that's the best ending we're going to get. I think that's the best ending that we're going to get. Well, I don't think gone, that's the best ending. Had no. we gone to consult with her, would she have left the room? That's my... Probably. Yeah. What if she... So she didn't disappear. All the other ghosts did. Also, I really want to get back to these vampire chickens. <laughs> <laughs> you're really, really, really hooked they on them. They truly you? came out of left barn. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's um, curious. Yeah, that is a, that is an odd, odd, odd little thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. What happened? If Did you, you ask find El- Elvira, I'm looking right now. If you ask Elvira for help, I always keep the promise. Page forty-three. If you so, it gives you the options of Brandon Estep and. Um, if you go to Elvira, she asks you, Elvira, hmm, I'd say Melvin is Steps boy. He does tend to rule us with an iron hand. 
Be a step boy, you mutter, but there are two of them, Melvin the second and Brandon, which one? But Elvira doesn't answer. She's fast asleep. So she just blo- she just gives you two chances instead of three. Okay. Um, I feel okay about that. We yeah. probably should have been wrong. So five deaths later and you guys have made it through the book. I know we disappointed you a little, Adam. Not as much. Not as much as I've. Not as bad as it could have been. Five is five is okay. I am now at fourteen mistakes, and Ryan is at nine. So I'm just like pissed by the whole saga of getting chased by the ghost with the sword. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> is it? Uh, I'm curious. I mean, of the guests that we've had. You guys have done the best. Shut up. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not, not me ordering every Goosebumps book to practice. Out of spite. Did you no, really? To practice. I'm going to. Okay. Well, oh, for when you're on here again? Yeah, I'm going to pretend that I've never read it before, but I will have. Let's, <laughs> let's see. Let me just check and see. Bad endings. Good ending. You defeat Brandon a step before he can consummate the curse. However, you're still stuck with the ghost of Elvira Martin. She wasn't outside when you broke the curse, so she didn't return to her grave. Okay. So that's the good ending. Uh, you run to a piano teacher. You refuse to take more piano lessons. You don't fully trust the ghost. You give the... Oh, uh, okay. So this ending is the only good ending you can get if you decide to stay um, at the house. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. The other that's good endings other are if you go... The other, all the other endings are if you go home. So... Huh. Yeah. Okay. So maybe going home in, in the beginning would have been like just a better chance at. Yes. Surviving. I thought yeah. we tripped down the stairs and broke her neck or something. No, you just broke your fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. With, your With our neck. <laughs> no, let's if you go. No, let's if you go outside because remember it asks you. Oh, I need to go home now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it gave you the option to go home initially, and then it gave you the option to go home again. So I think one of those. The book was like, "Hey, choosing two. You should probably go home." Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to have fun with graves and pick the right one and yeah. wrong one twice. And then we chose the harder path. The right one, yep. So, Ryan, what is my penalty going to be if uh, for book number 10? I will say on the next episode. You'll say in the next episode. Okay, great. Well, this was um, quite an adventure. Um, ben, Kat, you were great guests. Thank you for, you know, your hard work and your determination and mm-hmm. thinking um, that the Keeper of the Sword had to be a man. <laughs> I thought that, the, that R.L. Stein would think that the Keeper of the Sword had to be a man. Thank you. I think R.L. Stein thought, well, wouldn't it be funny if it were a woman? <laughs> <laughs> How droll. How gauche. No, nobody would think the keeper of the sword could possibly be a woman. With a fencing sword. Yeah. It, actually, it's called a foil. Thank you. <laughs> yes. As the book so kindly mansplained to me. I think it more adult-splained, because it is a children's that's book. That's true. Most kids that's probably true. don't know what that's called. Unless they have, like, rich, waspy parents who take a the fencing classes. On guard. On guard. On guard. Well, we were not on guard for this uh, book in any way, shape, or form. But again, Ben... Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Our next books, uh, our next two books will be just read by Ryan and I. Mm-hmm. No guests um, for the foreseeable future, but hopefully um, Ryan will not be able to, in his next four-way, make good, good decisions. decisions. <laughs> 
No, you'll probably make great decisions. Who I'll probably kidding? make great You'll decisions. probably make great decisions. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Oh My Yod is an independently produced podcast by Adam Beauparlant and Ryan Perry. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Oh My Yod Pod and Facebook. Email us your questions and comments at ohmyodpod at gmail.com. Remember, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review is always a, a good decision. decision. Oh, he was murdered. That's a bad ending. He was a pirate. <laughs> <laughs>